0: Peace and Black Power Family, this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast, and today we have a special guest. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Marcy Lee, and today we have a conversation that's going to be a very spirited conversation. Our guest is no other than Nawasha and Mancho and... Nawasha and show they specialize in culturally-based counseling for couples as well as singles. So if you're a couple or you're single, you might want to tune in. (laughs) They guide couples and singles through what we like to call the sacred science of soul mating. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about the cultural alternative to Valentine's Day and what they have started, and how it's being celebrated in 14 countries. So to my guests, I welcome you with open arms to our Necessary Blackness podcast. Thank
1: you for having us. Uh, Thank
0: you, thank you. All right. So a lot of people might not be familiar with um, counseling for couples in terms of From an Afrocentric perspective, most people go to counseling and therapy because there's problems in the relationship. But the counseling that you give, it don't always have to be problems in the relationship. Absolutely, enhance the relationship. So I I, want to get into that and some other things. But my first question to you guys is: We living in a world of social media. And with the advent of social media, we see a lot of things play out in social media. I I want you to let me know, how has social media affected Black revolutionary
2: love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent question.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm going to say in the beginning, I'll start with the beginning. (laughs) I think that social media, a lot of people are pretending, unfortunately, So that's something that's a little bit different from when you actually met someone and could see them in their environment for real and then decide to date them. So I think that social media and the beginning of love affects the mask or the persona that someone is able to portray for a a very long time, even, even if you watch an account or interact with someone for a year or two years. You really can date long distance you can only kind of date online and text and and talk on the phone you don't get a chance to really see that person in that their environment and when it comes to uh, revolutionary love there are a lot of people in this age even outside of love that are saying that they're doing things that they're not doing or saying that they have standards or beliefs or values that they don't necessarily embody so i think that when you're meeting someone you have to know how to vet them to see if they're really what they say they are about and how that is practical because a lot of times revolutionary love you might be saying something you might know how to write a great post you know and a quick two <laughs> minute you know, example of something that
3: someone wouldn't embody like that they're basically you're perpetrating a fraud? Is that what you're trying to Basically.
1: So, I mean, if you think someone is about culture, but they're just sharing repurposing memes, right? Or if you think someone is honest or has a plan or is about legacy, but they are, you know, squandering (laughs) their life away, or they, you know, maybe they're holding up the chlorophyll water in the posts, but they just stay drinking <laughs> Hennessy all the time. <laughs> so you have to, you would have to know that, you know what I mean? But a lot of times what we have on social media media is a curated character and everybody does it, you know, even the most genuine of us, we're not posting our, our worst moments online for people to critique. So I think that that's something that we have to understand is that we don't post hundred percent of everything in our curated social media personas. And neither does another person. But the pretending that happens regularly in the beginning, in the courting phase, is liable to be turned up a notch or two when you're meeting each other online. But that's the
2: thing.
3: Do you think that it makes it harder to get to know someone when, you know, they're not being as authentic?
2: Um, I do not. (laughs) I
1: was going to say no. If you know the right things to ask, that really equals getting to know someone. Not just like... um, Texting 20 times a day or watching their videos and hitting like is not getting to know someone So I think if you know what it means to get to know someone you can still do that long distance You can still do that on social media and you should because you can open up who you can date If you use social media in the right way you can date some you can meet someone in a whole other country that you wouldn't have met You know what I mean without that opportunity, but you have to you have to be intentional about getting to know a person and don't think that just frequency is actual depth at all.
2: My answer to that question, my sister and my brother is unconventional. I don't think that social media has changed much of anything. I'm from the era where it's a 10, 5 and 85% and everything. I think that social media is just a microscope. When you put something under a microscope, you don't change it. It just is what it is. You see it from a different angle or you see it um, in, in, you know, um, from a different vantage point or with um, a specificity on a certain part. Right. We're trying to act like as a people who have been on a major decline in the black family long before social media came around that social media has done something to our relationships. Our relationships been sucking long before there was a social media. And so what has happened is there's been a steady decline that that social media documents. It's like turning on the tape recorder or the video camera, but social media is not the cause of our ills, it's just documenting the ills. The cause of our ills is the lack of cultural understanding the lack of purpose, the lack of family structure, because what happens is, it's like, you know, we used to tell the children or we used to tell people on the street, if somebody's watching you, that's the best opportunity for you to show and prove who you are. Right. with social media, 85% of the people is fake. And so now you're watching fake people, 10% of people are manipulating. So now you're watching manipulation. 5% 5% of the people are real, and now you're watching that. The problem is, what is also being highlighted is most of us can't tell the difference between the three, and so it seems like it's so confusing, and so, so you know, you didn't know how to court or build a relationship when it, in the 80s. Now that we into 2020, you're acting like social media did something to that process. You still don't know how to court. You didn't know how to court in the nineties. The <laughs> jumping around and jumping, you can look at some of these kids that's older than social media, and their families are from the same hell that we see in right now. So we can't blame that on social media because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, so I don't think that I know a lot of people don't say that, but I don't think social media has nothing at all to do with the decline of our family structure. Now, what it, what 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 I could say? is that um, some people who were unexposed to certain stuff are now, the exposure is much quicker. It's much more readily accessible. So used to hear about stuff, if you was in the street or in certain circles, now you can see it because you <laughs> and stuff like that. But other than that, absolutely social media has not done anything. I think that a lot of people use social media as a scapegoat for their inability to successfully navigate through relationships. And I just don't think as a therapist, as a person who's been with my wife for 21 years, as a brother from a certain era, I don't think social media has anything to do with it. Let
1: me add that my show is not like dating online right now. (laughs) I think that dating has been the same because people have consistent challenges. But the way that we use social media right now as a source to keep from, much like we might've used school, work, church before, we still don't have a good vetting system. But I will say that social media gives people a false sense of um, you know, fellowship, a false sense of being just friendly and familiar, that you may not have done that in other areas. So I think the seeing someone all day, what they ate, what they're wearing, even when you are not interacting with them in real life, that is an element that is um, different from how we would have met people before. And I think it is something to, for definitely for younger people who are growing up this time, it's something to understand that watching somebody post a picture, seeing what they're having for breakfast, even seeing them sometimes in the shower and in the bath, that is a level of intimacy that you're peeking into that's still curated. It doesn't mean you know them really well because you watch them for seven days a week, the same way that you don't know somebody just because you went to church with them or anything else. That's what I was gonna say. There's just this kind of like voyeurism that's out right now. So if you're caught up with that in a certain age range, especially when you can't compare it to anything, you will think that frequency actually is some substance and it's not.
2: But I, I would just say being of a certain age. People used to say, do you think that the black church is destroying relationships Um, back in the 70s? In the 80s, it was like, do you believe cracking AIDS is destroying relationships? In the 90s, it was, do you believe that hip-hop music is destroying relationships? Now we're in the 2000s and beyond, and we're saying, do you think that social media is destroying relationships? We keep trying to find a bandit. In the 80s, we were 60% unmade at homes. 30 years later, we're only 10%. We're 70 unmade, 70% unmated homes. Social media isn't even 20 years old. So the reason I'm saying that, the reason I'm saying that social media is not the culprit, I do agree with Nawasha that it highlights some things. And whether you was out in the clubs, whether you was whatever environment you was in, the problem is black people do not apply a cultural understanding to mating. So they don't know how to mate if they in the church. They didn't know how to mate when they was in a nightclub. They didn't know how to mate in the 80s when they was getting money. They didn't know how to mate in the hip-hop culture. So I can't take social media now because dating apps and, and all of that stuff was long before social media. And a lot of people saying, do you think that these social networks are destroying relationships? We keep trying to make a boogeyman we don't want to accept the fact that you're not going to be successful as a black person in relationships unless you're using your culture. That's just what it is. Because if we look at it, the further and further away that we get from culture, the worse and worse relationship gets. So do, so- you,
3: think, do, do you think that, like Nawasha was saying, you can meet someone from another country because of social media, because you have more options? Some people might argue that the reason why they're stating that is because now you have so many more options and so many things coming towards you. But I feel like you're almost saying that it's just enhancing the behavior you already had.
2: I'm absolutely saying that because in the 90s, I was approached by sisters from Kenya and I know I'm in New Jersey. I know about 30 men and women who married people. From other countries just to get ten fifteen thousand dollars, <laughs> and they had nothing to do with social media. Raheem, do you remember that era? I remember that. That ain't had nothing to do with social that media. Mail order bride. and that was that was you getting mail order brides and husbands from other countries. We didn't even have social media then. So I I I think that a lot of people keep saying this. It's a scapegoat. It's a and and the reason I believe they're saying it. Because a lot of people say this. Now, I I will agree with both of you that a lot of people is talking this, right? When Black people start getting million-dollar contracts, they start saying, do you think that's deteriorating the Black relationship? When Black women started going to work and making big money, they said, do you think that's deteriorating Black relationships? When there was a separation after the Civil Rights Movement, we was in the church, people was like, do you think the Black church contributes to Black relationship? When hip hop blew up in the 90s, everybody's like, Do you think the music is contributing to the decline of black relationships? Now we now social media is the boogeyman. And what I'm saying to you is that's not true. It's, it's not. Because if social media only accounts for 10% of the decline, what about the other 90%? We we only have moved, the needle has moved 10% in the negative since the 80s. Right? So, so that so. means that something else is responsible. That's and what, what I'm is
3: saying. that? Do you have a take <laughs> on what that is?
2: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you.
3: What is yes.
0: that?
1: There's always a lot of contributing factors to any situation because people are multi-dimensional. But I do think the primary issue is that we are viewing relationships through still. A colonized lens absolutely so we are looking at fairy tale syndrome superhero syndrome the inability to communicate um uh, we're looking at we don't have the rituals or the ceremonies we don't have a rite of passage that we don't have community us, around relationships actually have relationships so i think the primary issue which is why the theme for the year is how to decolonize your love the primary issue is that we don't have a perspective of love that is original or before colonization, we don't really have that. We don't have successful models from our parents and grandparents. And even if we have some success, there hasn't been a true healing for black people in the diaspora to be able to recover from what did happen. So if you know that you were purposely torn away from relationship, it's very difficult to just piece that back together on your own. Um, without help, and there really isn't a, a, a global conversation about that. We kind of just get like sidebars, like don't get pregnant, don't get anybody pregnant if you do marry somebody, but you still don't have like a real rite of passage on how to make it work, so generation after generation, children are looking at poor examples or examples of people who don't love each other, and then like this last generation is it's up in the air whether it's even important to come together for anything other than right. something materialistic or something
0: physical. I've right. you a question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you said that, um, you talked about decolonizing uh, your love, right? Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he said that there's three things that the open enemy is not going to teach you. That's and right. that's the science of warfare, the science of uh, mating, and the science of economics. So we know, you know, they're not going to teach us the right way. And we know that being colonized, many of us follow their way, which is the wrong way. So I want to ask both of you, what did love look like before the Neanderthal, the uh, Trollodyte, the open enemy came upon our people and invaded the land?
2: That's an excellent question. I think the problem um, in the outstart, And I love that quote by Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We talk about it all the time. And we add diet in there as well, because um, when when you lose the the ability to have holistic health, you can't be sound. If you're not sound physically, you can't be sound emotionally. That's why they feed us garbage, blue juice, swine, all kind of stuff, right? But um, I think the operative words, so we say the art and science of black love culture is what we teach. And in that definition, we, dis- we define every word except for the and of, because we assume people know what those words mean. But when we talk about love and when we talk about culture, the main problem is when you say that to a group of people in the room, you get like deer in the headlights because we don't have a working definition of what love is. And we certainly can't um, define culture. And so we say that love is a holistic and a perpetual consciousness characterized by an intense emotional affinity to unify and understand with um, complementary people, places and things in a um, um, reciprocal exchange, in an equal reciprocal exchange of thought, speech and action. And so love is a holistic consciousness. Some people some black people are running around here today saying that love has nothing to do with the emotional self that's absurd They say love is only to build wealth. That's a part of it but we get so damaged in our psycho in our psychology that we move from one pole to the other pole Now emotional't have nothing to do with love If you ever been in love you know how stupid that is. Now, we also understand that love is just not some wild emotion. It's a reciprocal consciousness. It has to be something that you are sharing mutually. Most people in relationships today, because we don't have community, right, it's so important to have community around relationships. So as a man moves from malehood, boyhood into manhood, he's got a group of men helping him do that. As a woman moves from femalehood, girlhood to womanhood, she's got a group of women helping her to do that. But as a couple moves from um, um, courting, mating, and into nationhood, they got a group of couples doing that. Without that, what happens is people believe that the whole um, 360 degrees of understanding of a relationship is about the two people. They don't see a purpose beyond their relationship Outside of the two of them, let me tell you what that looks like. People in relationships and they hide and shit. They they trying to act like they not in relationships, and everybody can see they are. Um, People trying to, you know, they just trying to test it out forever to see if it'll work before they will become responsible or commit. But I always say, if you could buy a house with one walkthrough, that's a that's a you got to get pre-qualified. It's a $250,000 to $300,000, 15-year to 30-year investment. One walkthrough after pre-qualification. Maybe two, you bought it. Buying a car, same thing. $60,000 or beyond. Five-year commitment. You're going to get one, maybe two test drive, but you got to be pre-qualified. Go to college, military, anything you like. These are major commitments that you're saying, I'm throwing myself into this for the next 30 years. Now we get in a relationship, we're dating somebody for eight years. And then we like, yeah, that, you know, he wasn't the one, she wasn't the one. Like, we don't know what we're doing. That don't have a damn thing to do with social media. What social media has done is made us look at it all. We're we looking at it. Many of us had grown up in single parent homes long before social media, like 30 years, 20 years before social media. So what I'm saying is when you lose your culture, which is your group value system, your ability to um, have symbol creation, symbol recognition, emotional response, logic progression, formulaic it, it, um, presentation, in your thought, speech, and action in all 11 areas of human interaction, education, economics, entertainment, fashion, food, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. If you have a group doing that, then becoming in a relationship is just as easy as buying a car. It's just as easy as buying a house. It's just as easy as going to college. It's just as easy as those things. We do those things now easily because those are things that we partake in someone else's culture. Before we were colonized, we had those systems. We had those systems. You went into rites of passage at 13 years old. When you came out of that rites of passage, whether it was three to seven years, you were now an adult. You were given a trade, given some land, given a mate. And you, you in that rites of passage, you began to learn that yeah, your relationships has a micro purpose, which is the character development for the two people. Then it has a macro purpose, how you're going to unify and serve the greater community. Now we walk around talking about, um, this ain't nobody business, what we doing. You this, that's what
3: I wanted to hit on. You... Before you go too far, because when okay. Nawashi was talking, she touched on it and you've been touching on it. That's why I've been going back and forth in my head because you were talking about relationships Prior to colonization and from my studies and also talking to people from Africa, I know that they study polygamy or they practice polygamy. How does that fit in? Is this what you're talking about? Is this a part of Akuma or is this something that you all are trying to install, like create?
1: No. Polygamy is like a byproduct of a situation. It's a reaction to a situation. So even in polygamy, there are, in order for Dr. Africa would say, like he used to tell us, girls and boys are born at the same rate. When your society is dealing with the fact that men have died because of war, because of conflict, because of diet, that is part of the colonization. Polygamy didn't always exist. Right. And because it, you know, people like to highlight things that suit their <laughs> conversation. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not in, interested in a polygamous marriage, you know, um, but the understanding that people would try to take care of their community when there's an absence of a father or someone, a woman loses a husband, that is fellowship, that's community. I understand why that would be a solution to the problem. But it's similar to like how Dr. J- um, Francis Cress Welsing said, we are irresponsible right now, so we should delay having children until we're 32 and 34. Mm-hmm. Ideally, we want to be more responsible earlier, not just say, hey, we're going to have a child at 40 now because I'm so irresponsible, or hey, we shouldn't start till we're 45. This is like a, a issue, like, you know, going to the emergency room
0: mm-hmm. and
1: really trying to have some, some <laughs> you know... <laughs> Wound care and something you know that you're in a dire situation, so you have to have a, an extreme solution. But th- those are temporary things. So I think that when people, the, the primary thing about indigenous culture, because it's not even just Africa, we can't go to Africa today. We are dealing with the same colonization or or a different colonization, right? So they are not the free same, same from devil. colonization. But I'm saying that sometimes in the United States we understand something different, right. when we have been up against. Um, talking and living with white people. There are sometimes, there's another level of colonization when they came and left their mark, but then they left that place, right? So sometimes people don't even realize that they are colonized. And what we talk about when we're talking about decolonizing is the fact that we're speaking English, the fact that we're speaking French, the fact that we're speaking Portuguese, and England and Portugal and Spanish and France are very teeny tiny countries, but they are in the top 11 languages of the world because of colonization. And when you can't think outside of an oppressive, colonized language, you can't even understand what you would really get in your rite of passage. The rite Absolutely. of passage is indigenous culture. And if we were, if we were not being murdered, we would not.
2: Men and women would not. There would be no need for polygamy. Unequal. Historically, right. currently, there are 11 countries in the world that practice polygamy um, legally. Right in the world. Um, historically, polygamy was created by black women and it was designed to um, adjust to the fact that we were losing black men, right? Polygamy is multiple marriages. I find it interesting that the most unmarried group is fixated on polygamy. It's just like the um, social media question. You ain't married once, and you are talking about being married twice and four times and all of that. (laughs) Then we have The reality that in the polygamous relationship, the woman chooses the in the in the polyandry or um, polyandry polygentry um, where there's more than one husband. That's very rare. But in the polyandry where the woman is she is actually choosing a sister that she can um, cooperatively work with to help raise the family. And that man has the added responsibility of that woman as a wife, but that's not what we focus on. We focus on the extra benefit that he receives sexually. That's all it's about. Yeah. Because,
1: yeah, can you get one marriage? I'm because okay. we're talking about
2: polyamory, which is a glorified way of doing the same shit we was doing in the 70s. Just that, That's why most of us grew up in single-parent homes. Because your dad was dipping or your mom was dipping or somebody was dipping and because they thought it was more options they didn't hone that responsibility when you're talking about real african culture and i think raheem really brought it home when he was saying prior to this white man's rule like nuash was saying most people the, the the vibratory resonance of a language subscribes your thinking Most people can't think outside of the white man because you can't speak a language that's outside of his his, um, control. So you think like him because you speak like him. And you dream. And when you dream, the white man controls your consciousness. When you actually see polygamy, because we have worked with polygamous couples. And most of the couples that that we have worked with here in America, they're polyamorous, they're not not polygamous. Them relationships don't last. The children are insane watching their parents <laughs> that, And really, all it is is just a new it's, it's just dumb. It's it's. Dumb. Okay,
0: let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, right? Yeah. Now, um. I, I I get them mixed up. Which is the one where the woman is able to have multiple husbands? Have you ever worked <laughs> with someone, Polly <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> have you ever worked? Have you ever worked with someone that
2: was practicing that? No, we we've never seen that situation. Um, now we know of people that are in that situation in other lands, but here in America, um, not. Now I see some memes and some pictures going around every I time. See I see something I, too. It got like fifteen thousand comments. I just scroll past it because it's it's just silly. Like it, it's silly. Not because I'm not sensitive to understand that something like that could exist. What you're talking about in the pictures and stuff, is not, it has no gammy in it at all. It's no marriage in it, it's no real responsibility. There is no, black people are under the misnomer that white people brought uh, legal marriage to the world. And that's not true. We actually did that. We were actually bringing marriage licenses to the world. Now, let me just say this. That was also, as Nawashi was saying, in a time when our nations were being besieged by foreigners, so this was already after the creation of, the, of these races and, and, and white man as they were coming back into the continent, we were letting them and uh, nations abroad know. know Monshaw and are, um they're legally yoked. So when we were still, we were descending, but we still had power. We said, look, we have a marriage license. And, and that license has an army behind it. So if you disrespect my wife and she's from this nation, our army is coming to see you, right? Mm-hmm. And so we instituted long before that, we had marriages. But we are the ones, we got a lot of people and a lot of people that supposed to have knowledge of self be out there saying a the white man came up with a marriage so do your history, Black man. Do your history, Black woman, because that's not actual and factual. I will say that we didn't always need that, and there was a time period where we didn't use it. But we actually created it. And we now, drew- is there a
3: discernment though between the financial aspect, like Europeans making it cost versus if Black people started it, it wasn't a fee? Because I know that's the argument, the the problem that a lot of Black people have with it is the price About the cost of being married. You know, the cost of having to pay a fee,
1: yeah.
2: Well, I mean. You know, your costs money. I mean, like, you know what I mean? A lot like, people yeah. have a driver's
1: license and okay. they will gladly pay the dollars yeah. You know, I think it's like, I think what people argue always reveals another layer of their beliefs. Right. So I think we easily, we pay for dog licenses and people they weren't having pets. You know, we didn't believe in capturing and kidnapping and imprisoning animals. Right. <laughs> but people will go get a dog license a driver's license a hair
2: a, a hair license a barber license like cut it out like you 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 got a driver's license a voting card a gun license and all that and then you're like i'm not letting the white man tell me i got to get a license to get your driver's license in you know what i'm saying and, I and all of these different people was on that and that's not practical for most of us most of us are still getting into this culture you know, one of the things of our of our cultural traumatic stress, because we love Dr. Degroy, and she says post traumatic slave syndrome, it's just not post, it's present. And it's not just um, a slave syndrome, it's a cultural traumatic like our culture is besieged in all of those eleven areas. So we get degrees, we get pay for
1: that. We we,
2: we we pay for a YouTube ad, but we but pay for a license <laughs> like like come on. It just gets ridiculous you know I mean? when you start really looking at a people, you know what I'm saying? One yeah, thing that I it? wanted
3: to circle back to, did y'all just see my brain come on? Anyway, uh, was the language that you were talking about, and I caught a little bit of your lecture online, and you were talking about the word romantic and also falling oh, yeah. in love. Could you explain that to the viewers?
1: Uh, well, we've asked people not to say romantic to describe the epitome of black love because you're highlighting Rome as, you know, the the most intimate love that there is. And I think that, again, when you don't have a reference for what it means to be intimate, we don't understand that we have the first soulmate stories, that we have had, of course, marriages and intimate love before Rome, so we're, we have a residue where you know we can't even describe intimate love without saying romantic and glorifying another culture as though they were the first to be chivalrous or have a poem or create a song. And we know that there are monuments on the earth right now that were made in honor of a wife, in honor of a queen, in honor of a loving relationship. They're still standing, some of them. So there's no reason for us to say um, romantic. It's, a, it's another challenge that we have coming from the fact that we don't, we can't think outside of a colonized language. So this is our instinct. We actually don't even question it, (laughs) which I think is, um, I know a lot of people are not into language like that. They don't look up words per se. And this is why we have communication issues in relationships because we learn some words when we're babies and we just keep learning more words through school. And if we're really amazing, we're gonna get up to that like 5,000, 10,000 words, right? And then we're saying we're fluent, but we really don't know what the words that we're using mean. And this is why in a second, my meaning for whatever word is conflict with your meaning of a word and we could be fighting. So I think when it comes to saying things like I'm falling in love, like I don't have any say, or you can't help who you love, or all the things that we lie to ourselves about that we would never do in another category of life, it's very, um, it's no wonder why we don't, our relationships can't last because we're looking to hold ourselves up. Our model for love is coming from a colonizer who doesn't even really love themselves. They don't love love. They don't love their own relationship. So we are modeling people who don't love each other and we're doing it even that at a disadvantage. When we don't, if you ask someone who are their five relationships that they would model and love, what are people going to say? Like, what are the five successful relationships
0: that you can model and love that are black? They're going to say Obama, Michelle, Beyonce, Jay-Z. <laughs>
1: and that's if they're lucky. But the point, even when they say that, I say, what do you really know about them? Because you are so far removed from Michelle and Barack Obama or Jay-Z and Beyonce. So that goes back to social media, hashtag relationship goals. You don't know one thing about them that's not extremely curated that's not even like your coworker that got on social media that they got people posting for them <laughs> so you, stay away from those you got people filming for them right so what they put out is extremely curated more than the person that you're sitting next to at work so this is the challenge because we can't put our hands on five couples that we want to model and love and when we pick people it becomes this kind of like fairy tale version of them which is the same as going with any colonized stream. You are only going to know what somebody wants you to know, which is not even to your own benefit in anything that is actually practical. So you can't model the way Barack and Michelle communicate. You can't model the way that they um, raise their children. Really, you can assume one or two things and, and choose to model the imagination that you have of an the imaginative version, and that could be to your benefit because we highlight people like that to say it could be somebody off the tv if you choose to model 30 people intentionally but if you just like
0: hashtag relationship goals you know (laughs) know, it recently came out that um during his uh time as the president they was going through a a turbulent time and i think they even went to counseling yeah, that's, um, what I, that's
2: what I was going to say, G. The one thing you need to model of all of them, they've all been in counseling for years. <laughs> that's the one thing people don't talk about. And we know that firsthand. they all been in counseling for years. Michelle Obama wrote it in her book. Beyonce and Jay Z talked about it. In any couple that have been together as long as those couples have, um, you, you've been in counseling. Because i was playing Receiving wise counsel. There was always um, six men and six women around any relationship. See, many of the things that we do today, we believe somebody just making it up, but it, they're really vestiges of um, African culture, but they're hollow. For example, when you have a wedding party at your wedding, the people who marry you, like me and Nawasha, have married seven couples. We have two couples coming up that we're about to marry. We're taking through our system and we're about to marry them. But your wedding party, your your, your what we call today the groomsmen and the, yeah. the bridesmaids, that's just not your friends that stink at relationships and your homegirl from college or whatever. That's supposed to be a group of people that are successfully married who are standing up saying... We are vowing our marriage and our skill set and connecting it to these people. But today, this is a picture opportunity. We're going to dress in um, magenta or whatever. Or I'm going to have a crew from back in the day, and we're going to do our jail poses or we're going to do our homegirl poses. And then at the end of the day, in two months, when the relationships start going to hell, you can't even call any of them. Because they, they suck that relationship. You're the only one in the group, probably married. or if you are not? <laughs> you you marry, but you you the other people are divorced, and they don't really have anything to offer you. So now, after this event, we don't focus on weddings where there's a husband. I mean, we don't focus on marriages where there's a husband and wife. We focus on weddings where there's a bride and groom. And we always say... Those are three different words from each other for a reason. That's an event. The, the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bride and that's just an event. And that's the kind of people we are. We want everything to be an event and not a cultural um, process. Because being married is actually becoming a new life. That's why when we're on uh, social media, we have this one page called Manwasha. Everybody thinks one of us is named Manwasha and we're not. That's the word and the washer put together. In all ancient African cultures, you don't just change your name where she takes his name. He takes on a a, a version of her name as well. We become soulmates so that when you see her, you see him. When you see him, you see her. And I've been told by, by elders that when you get married, they begin to call her by his name and call her, I mean him by her name. Because now you're you're adding to yourself. Now we see this in, in in modern culture. Because culture is in our DNA, we always bring it out. Look at us when we grow up. When you at home, you get you get a name. Your mom and dad give you a name. Then when you start growing in your family, you get a new nickname because of the way you act or whatever. Then when you get out into your peer group and you're on the street, they give you another name. You you um you know what I'm saying? If you get nice in sports or singing or ballet or whatever, you get another name. When you go to college or whatever, if you pledge or whatever, you get another name. And So the the I, if you get some knowledge yourself, you get another name. You know, if you get um married, then yeah, that's when that's not right. You know, you got money in Did you have
3: something else? Because I had a few questions that people um,
0: asked. Yeah, what what I wanted to do, I'm gonna let you ask your question, right? Uh next. But what I wanted to do, cause we're getting a whole lot of uh messages. I it. And, and I and I just wanna read these messages to you. I gotta get a little closer because you know I'm getting up in age and you know? i boy, I can't read none of this. All right, um uh Ramsey Stevens said peace fam. Uh Sissy Harry says, Hey, Marcia. Uh my brother Ola. He said, peace to the guards and earth. Peace, black man. Uh Clayton uh McDonald, he said, laugh out loud. We keep trying to find the bandit. Uh, yeah. Clay, uh he also said it's about. The loss of the importance of the black family and it leaks into all we do. Ola said, I'm old school. I believe in picking up your phone. That's what I can't that's why I can't rock with all of you. And he also <laughs> says, great point. I'll be honest, I miss the typewriter. <laughs> okay uh
1: two out
2: there <laughs> yeah, david
0: Austin he said group value system that's my
2: he also name.
0: Says, we still doing polygamy <laughs> he said we still doing polygamy underground though and you know yes. to be honest man a lot oh, of us okay. I a lot of us is practicing polygamy and don't even know it yeah so L- Le- Le- nicole uh Clink scale. Not, uh, well, I'm just gonna call him Nicole. I'm not gonna mess up your name. Uh she said, uh, some of this stuff I can't read. Polygamy is still practicing my culture back in Nigeria. All yeah. right, Queen said listening. Um Ola said great dialogue. Interesting words have power. Mirroring anglo Saxon European trauma bonding. Now ah. I know I can come to Nawasha and do all the ballot, uh, um, the Baba Liles. So <laughs> they said they're gonna come to you for um, marriage counseling. So, what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna let Marcia ask her question and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna listen for our second part. We're about to take you out of school, y'all gonna learn about the black love black school, school. <laughs> all right? So, Marcia, take well, it me away.
3: Too- These two questions, one from a male, one from a female, they are centered around, I guess, one night stands, maybe, or having sex outside of a relationship. So for the female,
0: no, good, good, good. Okay.
3: So for the female, the question is okay, so if one were to they're in the space where they're trying to manifest or bring in their soulmate. Should they engage in uh, sex for the time being because they want to have intimacy, but they haven't found the person? Should they go ahead and engage in sexual contact with...
2: Yeah. Is, 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 is that a real question?
3: It is a real question because I guess okay. what it is is that they haven't found the partner that they're looking for, but they want to have sex. Should they abstain right. and wait... Or should they
2: have sex with Mr. Right Now? Right. Well, sex is not the um, way to build intimacy. Sex is the proof of intimacy built. So I would say, in a holistic answer, I would say no, they should not have sex. Um, We courted for nine months without having sex um, before we got together. A lot of people just you know, because of where they spend their mental energy, they're not into that. So, um, I would say that sex does not build intimacy. And it's obvious by the fact that we have sex and we have children and we hate people that we have children with. So sex doesn't build intimacy. Um, So there is no correlation between building intimacy through sex. So I would say my first answer would be no, but because I am a realist and I understand the condition of our people, I would say, just say you wanna have sex and then go ahead and have
3: it. You know, so you should, so it's, it's not no, a problem. Saying,
2: with- no, you should not, but <laughs> I'm saying that because I'm saying it, it's not going to change your mentality at all. So if you want to have sex, just go ahead and have it, and do whatever, do whatever you want to do, because your self-determination will lead you to enlightenment, whether it is through righteousness or through the struggles that come with your decisions when you have AIDS or when you have a bunch of children that you can't deal with, whatever, whatever comes from your decision will ultimately bring you to enlightenment. So you're a God and goddess of the universe. It's nothing higher than you. You go ahead and make the decisions, but you should have knowledge, wisdom and understanding of the two purposes of sex and how you sex comes after commitment in, 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 in a mathematical scientific equation. Sex is not something we um, experiment with or whatever. When I made those parallels earlier, people try to say, well, I need to know if we're sexually compatible and stuff like that. And I always say, listen, if you're a man and she a woman, you're sexually compatible. We've known that for millions of years. So you ain't really trying to figure that out. You just have we are emotionally immature because we don't have a culture behind us. Any people who lost their culture are emotionally mature. Mm. Emotionally immature. So you know, all Black people here, for the most part, are emotionally immature. Many of us have um, empirical data. We quote lessons, uh, brother um, Raheem, know a lot of them. Not yeah. different Absolutely. people who have information. That consciousness went out when the internet came in because now everybody got all information. So. You know, you quoting some facts don't really mean anything. But what we don't have is emotional fitness, which is the ability to discern emotions, the ability to demonstrate emotions, having an emotional vocabulary, having um, um, emotional flexibility, emotional strength, having um, emotional um, endurance, and emotional literacy. We can't even read emotions. It's like, what's wrong with you? You have. You know what I mean, and then they say, like, like nah, nah, I'm cool. I know you mad. What's going on? Just talk. You'll get in a fight trying to prove that something is wrong with the other person. So we're so emotionally immature. It's like that question is like saying, should we overeat or should we eat only what our body needs? Obviously, we should only eat what our body needs, right? And when we had our culture, there was a system that yeah, when we turn 21 years old, a, a seven-year fasting system, we're actually on it right now, that over a seven-year period, it took you gently to eating one meal every three days. That's all the human body needs, right? This is what Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us. Like, after a certain age, because we we mature in seven cycles of seven, so that, that fourth seven, 21 to 28, is metabolic maturity, right? Mm-hmm get dear After 28 years old, this is why we say when I hit 30, my body cheat. It really happened at 28, but you notice it at 30 because 30 is around age. But after 28, you only need, especially this garbage we eat, you only need one meal every three days, right? So if a person says, should we overeat or should we eat healthy? That's the same as saying, should I be having sex while I'm looking for my soulmate? I would say define a soulmate. And watch everybody turn into an owl, you, you know, just you just want to have sex. Because as a therapist, I'll tell you this. The two things that Black people um supplicate themselves with in this culture, and we're dealing with hell, so I understand. I love my people. They're the best people in the world. I don't attack them because they're victims, because in their nature, they're truly gods and goddesses. So... Just because they lost the knowledge of themselves, I'm not going to jump over their head. I don't want anybody to misunderstand my passion for thinking that I'm dogging my people. I love my people; they're the best in the world, but we hurt as hell, right? And so, the three things that we use to supplicate our emotions is um, food, sex,
0: and, and drugs. drugs.
2: But now I would add the entertainment value of social media. If we were in our right mind, we wouldn't even social media wouldn't even have a grip on us. It only has a grip on us. So many people are thirsty for likes and interacting. People get up in the morning, don't even wash their face, they be on their phone trying to see what's going on. You don't have that many friends, and your friends in real life. And if they were your friends, they would watch your face. <laughs> so, so when people ask those kind of questions, sometimes I'd be like.
1: Well, no, again, is I that a real question? question? Like, like, I don't know. i my woman, right? So I believe that it's going to take a long time. But I have, I'm saying, I have physical needs, and I'll entertain somewhere else. But if that's a woman asking that question, it's actually harder to get from being in trap with a man that you're having sex with than it is for men. So now. A lot of times when women are taking the position that men take, like, hey, I'm going to just have sex with whoever I think is going to be good at it. And this just is going to tighten me up every month (laughs) while I'm on the search for my actual self. It's hard to segment that. So now intimacy, true intimacy, you need to have before sex. But you can have a false entrapment with someone because of sex, Mm -hmm.
2: especially as a woman.
1: So if you have sex a couple of times and don't let the sex actually be good, then that's going to delay you from finding your soulmate because when you could have been out somewhere, maybe, or even living your own life, meeting the person who was on the path to be your soulmate, he was there and you weren't there because you were having sex with the other guy.
2: (laughs) I would would say this to women as well. Um, That's called an entanglement. Yeah, I would say this to black women. (laughs) Black women have um, changed and black men have changed. Um, black men have not changed in their, their, um, their social nature they just have changed the way they deal with women women have changed their social nature their social nature used to be um, even in this time even in this experience during the enslavement process even when we were enslaved black people got married more than they do today Right. Even in chattel slavery, we were we were getting married more and we had a whole country against that. Right. But what has happened is black women are, as Malcolm X said, they are so um, abused and they are so neglected. And a lot of men finger wag at women. I'm not one of those men. I don't think that is my place to tell know i'm not a woman so i don't tell black women anything i talk to men right most of the men know something that black women don't know when you don't have full commitment from a black man and you start having sex with him every time you do you are that closer to never having commitment from him the way we operate is is that sex has a value in this culture to men that supersedes most things. The proof of it is men who are responsible to women are having sex with them, unless he is their she is their sister, their mother, their daughters. I mean, in other words, he's when we we at the Coma House Initiative, we define responsibility as doing the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. If there is a man who is responsible to a woman, he's having sex with her. Today Men entertain women. You could come around me. You could be in my car. You could be in my group. You can be on my show. You could do whatever it is that I'm doing. If you are willing to trade that from sex, that's where we stay until you get tired of that. Because the nature of the relationship is like this. We tell this to our clients often men want something to stay the same in a relationship which is usually how you look, how you interact sexually, or how you nurture his life. Women want something to continuously change. And when I say change, I mean get higher and higher and higher. That's the level. So when we kicking it, I have one expectation with you. When we start going out and spending time together, I want that to change. I want that to increase. When we start... Um, 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 having sex, I want that to increase. When we have children, I want that to increase. When we live together, I want that to increase. When we're planning for the future and our legacy, I want that to increase. So they constantly want the, the relationship to change. But somewhere, they've been duped. And I don't even think it has anything to do with black men. I think it has to do with white men who are the true creators of the feminist movement. Which is something that a lot of black people don't know. They used white women as a shield for an idea. This is why historically most of the white women who are feminists were actually married, but the black women who, who got into that to that movement were not married. So they were being used as a decoy by the white men who started feminism, right? So I put the onus on them but they used their woman too, right? And they made black women believe in something. You know, um, Rahim talked about the honorable Elijah Muhammad that taught us something here called restrictive law in the MGT and the Nation of Islam and, you know, the old version of that, that movement, the old version of the Nation of God's and Earth. There was a protocol to deal with a woman. You got 90 days to interact with her. If you decide after that that you're ready to commit you are supposed to marry her. And that is a public decree. Not, not if it takes you less than 90 days to buy a house, less than 90 days to buy a car, less than 90 days to go to college, less than 90 days to go to the military, less than 90 days to do anything significant in life because you've been pre-qualified, why does it take us eight years to figure out? After we have three children with this woman, that we
0: don't want to be with her. Mm. This is not, I, I do understand that. I definitely can understand that oh, because oh, I, right? met, I met I I met, met people, you know, I met people where I would have married them, love on first sight. So it, right. it wouldn't have took me 90 days. Right. That's well, the I,
1: one right I, there. You don't think, but a lot of men say that. A lot of men say so that. So a lot of men say, when I met her, I know she's wife material. When I met her, it took me one or two dates to see where her mind was or the type of energy that she had. And of course, we know it's going to take time to build a full relationship and you're going to go deeper and deeper into intimacy. And then you're going to say, of course, even when you get married, you know, five years is going to be one level of marriage, 10 years, twenty years, 40 years. You're going to keep changing. And have multiple kinds of relationships within the one relationship, but I think a lot of men say that. Like it, it, yeah, she, didn't, it. she didn't grow on me. For years, so no. I kind of knew. <laughs> I actually maybe only approached her because I thought that she, she was that. You know I mean? yeah. So I think that women, we sometimes say this person grew on me, or I wasn't looking at him in that way, or, you know, we were friends, or, but a lot of times, men men don't do that, that.
2: Men don't. listen, women, if you out there listening, is some dude telling you that I wasn't looking at you that way, but now we kind of, he lying, you know what I mean, like, that's not real, we, we know right away, and if we don't know exactly right away, because, see, I mean, this is what I say, men study women, women study the fairy tales in their head, so they don't really study men. So when you when you start asking women, how do we select the mate? They don't know. They, people don't even ask them uh, that. I got good for that. You
3: really believe oh. that?
2: I, I know it because I've worked with five over five thousand couples.
3: No I, no, I should. You believe
2: that? Let me let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. No, let me say this, Marcy. <laughs> if women study men, how are seven out of ten women unmarried? What do they know that they're not doing? They don't. The proof is in the pudding. Because listen, seven out of ten men, seven out of ten women are not virgins. They're sleeping with men. A lot of them have children. They they need financial help. So there is obviously they are giving away. And I don't victimize. I'm I'm not one to blame a woman. But this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, a woman has an idea of what she wants, what the man has to do. Da, 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 da. If you ask the average woman, paint this idea of your ideal man. What does he like? Where does he go? Where is he at? What kind of things is he involved in? I've been talking to women for 25 years. We've been working together in couples. We've, we've serviced over 5,000 couples all over the earth. And we deal with this in the Black Love School. Although the relationship industry, women are the number one buyers of that industry, that even proves my point because they are looking for something that they don't feel that they have. Men don't, they not, a lot of men are not in the relationship industry until their women pull them along. Because why? They're doing what they want without any other help. They want sex. And they want they want these non-committal relationships.
1: You're getting that. So they don't they don't feel as though they have a problem. A lot of industries women, we focus on ourselves a lot of industries, whether that is makeup, health, you know, we focus on ourselves first as we should, but then moving beyond to really see like who is your audience, I do think men do that better. So men, because they know women are the audience, they study different kinds of women. Women, we think about ourselves and what we want. And then when a man has studied us a lot of times, we can think the right thing, do the right thing for a certain amount of time. And when we are invested, we are more invested in the idea that we thought we were buying into where we will be over-invested or over-committed or over-nurturing or see their potential, right? Rather than really be like, (laughs) I know the kind of man that I want and I understand multiple kinds of men. I think that women, a lot of our conversation is like, it's either this man is great and he's a unicorn or all men are a certain kind of way. And men don't have that kind of conversation. When they do, they're they're just being immature. Like all women are gold diggers. But they know that that's not true. They know they can go to church or around the corner or their mom can come up with somebody. They know that. But a lot of times women have these kind of like polarized views of men where they either don't exist or it's the unicorn one that I got, or they're all dogs. So we don't really have the understanding of studying how men react and how men look at love, right? Men are this on is the hunt. Interesting.
3: I just want to insert this because the information that you're providing, I get it. I understand what you're saying, but I guess it goes against, like even the conversation we were having the other night about black women just. In pain because they want black men and they're chasing these black men and they feel like they're not getting anywhere. So you saying that, I feel like black women are really doing the most trying to get the attention of men and they're failing. So well,
1: black women are doing the most trying to get a certain amount of attention, attention from a certain kind of man for themselves, though. But so I, let me just say Let me just say this. Most women how are Black women trying to get the attention of men? You know, when it comes to, like, social media or positioning or clothes or hairstyles and stuff like that, that's not really attracting a man based on any values or beliefs again. That's... You want a certain amount of validation as a woman? You want some... You want... Uh, you want to wake up to the 300 likes. You want to wake up to the comments or, you know... You're, you even know, when you go out just for... Actual real life, a lot of times women are dressed for other women, right. they're not really.
2: Things like you for men. Can you
3: reel that back one moment? I need you to repeat that about what women are doing because I think that's very, very important. What you just said, you kind of skid by it. Could you repeat that?
2: What? <coughs> Women's culture is being. Um, the value system is being determined by women. The The men's culture is the same way. Men do things that other men co-sign, not women, right? So when we do stuff, and Raheem, you you know, we from New Jersey. Raheem, you from New Jersey, right? No, I'm from Harlem. Oh, you're from, you? okay, you from up top, all right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know this, you know this, um, that women for men, we we do the things because we're taught about relationships, not by women. And there should be a balance of men and women. Like our moms might be saying, don't treat women a certain way or whatever. But when we come to our manhood on the streets, we listen to men. And yes. we do the things that they say do. Women are the same way. We say, nah, man, don't approach you like that. That's soft. Let me put you up on game. Do this and say this, and be like this. And we say, okay, okay, that's what I'm going to do. You say, a woman say, oh, look, let's wear these shirts. Ah, I ain't ain't wearing the same shirt. Like, you know, we don't do that. You know, we'll, we'll say little things like that. Because in the men's culture, that's not seen as credible. Women are the exact same way. Many of the things that are driving the narratives that they do is, hey, it's from other women. It's not a bunch of men sitting around saying, Yes, sister, that's the right thing to do. It's like women are saying, Yes, girl, do a boss, do this, get them butterflies on your eyelids and, and float <laughs> away and do all of that. You're doing it. no men say, Oh, that's really me. Women will say, I don't care what no man think. I'm doing this for me. But then they will say. I'm out here doing the most for men. Not really. You're doing the same thing that men doing. You're doing what you like. and you, But but you do what you like, but then you want who you want to like it too. When they don't, rather, that than, is the problem. Rather, rather than say, does this measure up to a cultural standard, you'll say, I'm a boss. And no man can't tell me what to do. The same way, but now here's the problem. Friday night is coming. Saturday night is coming. And they get lonely. People want somebody to mate with. So what they do, they surrender any standard they have. And we've been in sessions with women who say, oh, we had a level eight. And I this is soulmate goals and da, da, da. And when I get in a one-on-one with that man, I was like, bro, so, so what's good? You know, I'm not really into her like that. Like, you know what I mean? like, I'm saying? Like, you know, you want to see where it's going to go, but I'm already looking at the front door. She's picking out the wedding patterns wow. and you at the front door. So I'm saying that if that's happening over and over and over again, somebody is very <clears throat> emotional about what they're in. You're not in the relationship that you think that you're in. Mm-hmm. You're not.
0: So you know what? That brings me to my next question because we're running out of time. Yo, this is a real good conversation. We got to do this again, y'all. So listen, right? The men, we got it messed up. The women, they got it messed up. But we got a solution for all that. Y'all about to go to the Black Love School. Okay. I want y'all <laughs> to tell them about the Black Love School dealing with uh magnetism, attracting your soulmate, and the best part is sex and intimacy. Oh, nice.
1: snap. You peeped sex, sex and intimacy class, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now,
0: listen now. No, but listen. That's my yeah, right. too. Sex is only sacred energy unknown. That's you know, right. We, we we here to make them find what the known. Make the unknown right. known to them. So right. Natasha, I want you to go first, and then I want the brother to go second. Well, Black Love School is where
1: you are going to get the rite of passage that you haven't gotten. So it's really the entire realm of what we should know in order to have fulfilling relationships. So we teach the Black Love School um, by the seasons. Right now we're in the culture of love because coma Day is coming up. And this is where we deal with magnetism, um, you know, the deeper science, the culture of love. But we were we we're moving to the spring in March where we're, we're going to deal with renewal, you know, making your relationship new again or coming out yourself, like blooming yourself. And then sex and intimacy is in the heat of love, all the passions and senses of sex. Even we, this summer we did um, healing from trauma and sex because that's a big issue in relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, then we're, just, we're coming from the harvest of love, which is the fall where we talk about communication, There's a lot of major holidays building up to the winter where there's some conflicts. So we kind of talk about what are you reaping all year and what kind of relationship do you want to have and even setting up some goals for the next year. So that's the cycle for the Black Love School. Um, We release two classes every month, uh, every other week. And then every other week we have a live call about it. So we had a call on Friday Um, That was wrapping up the Arodha, Yahisi, which is the seven senses. Most people only know about five senses, but we talk about seven senses in indigenous culture. Um, Hold on, tell
0: us the seven senses. The seven senses.
1: Yes, we're familiar with sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, but we actually have thought and emotion as the first two senses. So when you're interpreting what you're getting in a relationship, or even when it comes to sex, (laughs) anything that's in the physical reality, we're interpreting it through the senses. So it's very important to know what you're thinking first is part of the magnetism. And your mood sets the tone for the reactions that you get and your reaction to others. When we're in a good mood, we don't react the same way as when we're in a bad mood. And that's just facts. You can see the same thing, hear the same thing smell the same thing. But if you're in a good mood, you have a completely different reaction. So it's important for us to know that thought and emotion are two senses. They're the spiritual senses that come before the physical. And even when it comes to sex, like you have to really use as many senses as you can to heighten the experience. And we naturally do these things, but this is the opportunity for us to learn how to do it. Um, So if you are interested in coming to Black Love School, you can send us an email. We can invite you to the class that will be in two weeks, but you can sign up for the membership. It's $42 a month in the spirit of my aunt with the two classes and a live call where we kind of talk about the hard work. That's what we call the homework. So even when it comes to the sex classes, there is homework to do, even if you are by yourself. Now, what I was saying to like, what Mar- Marcia was saying, um, when you're by yourself but you want to have sex, I'm not so i'm talking about just physical passion love experience there are things that you can actually do to heighten your awareness right while you're waiting for not waiting for but while you're actively cultivating a relationship with somebody else even on the magnetism like i'm just looking to live my life in a more purposeful way so that i actually meet potential mates. because a lot of people just want their man to be you know dropped on the doorstep or you've either got to be the mailman be <laughs> someone who's coming over on a regular because you're not really adjusting our lives. Like once i saying, thinking about who's the man that I want? Where does he entertain himself? Where does he look for his spiritual awareness? Where is he learning? What is he doing? And then let me put myself there, right, as I'm finding the compliment. So our two paths are going to connect. A lot of times we're,
2: we're not being intentional.
1: So Never I think that show up. <laughs> the Black Law School is a great place to have fellowship around love. It's a great place to learn real skills because it's all about really doing the hard work so that your life changes. But it's also, I think, this, these are the good things about the internet that you can. You know, we have people in um, the islands in multiple countries. So this is this is why we talk about the diaspora because what we found is if you're from, you know, England, France. Australia, New Zealand, South America, North America, the Caribbean, we all have challenges. And there are, there are similar challenges, even within a subcultural context. Our primary issue is that we've been separated from the truth, even when we have some of the cultural remnants. Because I will say, sometimes people are like, I have my dress from my culture. I have some of my language from my culture. I have my food. I have my music. But we don't have the value system. So you can have some of the remnants of your culture. But if you don't have the beliefs, you need to be taught. You need to relearn how to even look at yourself, let alone look at the compliment, and then how to deal on the regular Like Set goals. Organize our time. Be healthy. Have sex. Have a conversation. We really have to be taught how to communicate. So the Black School is I think the place anyone should come if you're black. <laughs> and you should plan to stay for a year or a minimum and hit every one of those students so that you can have the foundation or the right of passage that we all would have
2: had.
0: Now let me ask you something, right? Um you, you also have a Facebook group,
2: right? Yeah. We That's have a new we, new we new just new started new last a week ago today. We started um, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a member of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll put you in here, brother. <laughs>
0: are, you, are you putting me in there? Hey, oh, listen, man, I might find my
2: soulmate in there. Amen, yeah. Well, you know from the yeah. motherland. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, talking about the black love school, the washington explain it very well. We got these every season our focus changes, either the culture of love, heat of love, uh, spring into love, or the harvest of love. But the illest part of it. So you get the you get the live, you get the new class every week. Did, I mean, one week. Then you have the live call. And the third week, you get a new class, and then the fourth week is a live call. So every other week, it's either a class or a call. Live okay. call is the illest part about it because you on the phone. Like one summer, using the summer, using the um, the heat of love. Right? We had beautiful brothers and sisters from Compton, Detroit, Canada, Brazil, Martinique, Jamaica. Um, um, Panama, Ghana, like, Tanzania, London, Ola, I've been in some of the classes and he in London. All of these people coming together, whether you singles, couples, you're in a relationship or some people trying to get out of relationships or are, are in, in, in this environment together. Nothing like this as a therapist that I've seen exists in the world where black people Of all different nationalities, it's only black and brown people. You ain't getting in there no other kind of way. Yeah. Uh, You know, but we started the Facebook group because of this. A lot of times when we do the live call, which is everybody's favorite part, it's a beautiful experience. We have love. We're going to invite you. Yeah, we invite you to to the next one. Yeah. We hang out, we hug each other, we love each other. It's just a beautiful, oh, wow, we even had a couple of two couples now that are hooked up in the Black Love School. You know, it's something in France that you like. Okay. It's something okay. in France. So, so <laughs> people start to hook up, which is something that we love because you're in the right place to do that because we just are and science of Black Love culture. So you can't be, you know, if you know we know some of the couples say, hey, yo, you know, we hooked up. We say, now, look now, if you, if you talk about the science, which we say that the women need and the art, which the men need, we both need them both, but the art is the why of law. So it's the philosophy that approach. Men need to understand you're going to live longer, make more money, have more sex, and be more at peace if you are committed in a, a monogamous relationship. Men don't know that, but oftentimes because of their fear of relationships, they don't believe that. So they need the, they need the art. Women really need that science. What is the science? It's the methodology, the technique, for the steps. If it's seven steps to the pyramid, women be like, "Oh, I met him. Now we had sex. What are we doing? What does this mean? Are we committed? Should I have sex with other people while I'm waiting for him to get out of jail? Like what? Like it's like all of these steps are wrong. You went from step one to step eight. Step. Well, it's only seven steps. How do you get to 12? What so you
3: how know? can, if somebody wanted to participate and reach out to you guys, what's the best method for people to contact you guys?
1: Um, to go to akomahouseinitiative.com. So the Acoma is the adinker symbol. That is what we call the heart. So if you go to Akoma, A-K-O-M-A house initiative.com, you can find the Black Love School.
2: This is an Acoma. It's not a heart. I'm calling this symbol a heart on Facebook or wherever you at. This is how I can't get it right. That's an a coma that deals with the sacred science of, of soulmating. It's not a heart. Go ahead. No, you finished. Go All ahead.
1: Right.
3: I had to say that.
2: Because when you say coma, people be like, coma, what's that?
3: So you're on Facebook.
2: All right, yo, listen, real quick.
0: Speaking of a coma, right? Um After y'all answer Marcia's question, I want y'all to go into what a coma day is, because that's coming up, and I understand that y'all the co-founder of that. I want you to explain to the people what it is and why y'all felt the need to honor that day for us as melanated people and I know I think 50 countries, if I'm not uh, mistaken, is already oh, practiced. Oh, thank you for the for the um, advancing.
2: It's like 15 countries. But we'll take the 50. Oh, 15. I thought it was 50. I said 50. It's like 15 right <laughs> like like, like, now. Um, yes, Akoma Day. Nawasha's putting the content in the chat. Um, Akoma Day is a seven day holiday that we created. I actually um, had the idea for uh, Akoma Day before I met Nawasha. And I shared it with uh, Dr. Khalid Muhammad, and he stamped it and said, yo, brother, take it and go. But I was still a little bit apprehensive um, because I, I really, I was missing something. When I met my divine complement, my netra him, my divine wife, she really helped me take, accommodate to the next level. So I always tell the black man, same way you give your seed to a black woman, she brings forth life you got to give your ideas to her because she's going to balance it and bring uh, energy. So I had a one-day holiday um, on February 14th. I had the concept. I had certain things in play. But when I met Nawasha, it to seven days with the understanding that the original celebration, even Valentine's Day, that is based off of an original African celebration, used to be a week long. It was called the Festival of Lupercalia, and it's very sick and misogynist and pedophilic and rapist and all of that. But we created a coma day off the understanding that this symbol that you're calling the heart, well, Facebook, oh, I got hearts, you know, that, that's actually in a coma. What it actually deals with is the science of soul meeting that men and women were, one, on a spiritual plane. They separated and lived their humps and reconnected in the mind so that, that symbol that we call the heart is actually a divine symbol of the sacred science of soulmate. It's actually where the mythos that a man or a woman came from the rib of each other. Because in the spiritual realm, you're one being that separates. And then when you're born as a boy or a girl, you reunite. So this is really where the term soulmate comes from. So when we began to understand all of this, we wanted to have a celebration um, you know, men wasn't feeling no, no, no silly celebration with uh, a white little boy sh- shooting arrows and stuff like that. So we wanted to bring our culture back. So we see that the men, it's not hard to sell black women on love. They love love and we, they embody love. So it's natural to them. But for the men, we bring in the culture and we bring in the science of it. And so it brings them magnetically. And so um, we started Akoma Day officially the way it is now, 20 years ago. And, um, instantly, man, it, it just started to take off. it's It's in small places, Germany, um, Ghana, uh, um, um, the United Arab Emirates, jamaica, Brazil, um the states, you know, it's 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 in fourteen countries around the world where black people are a new group of people in New Zealand celebrating it, Australia. So it's a seven day holiday that has seven virtues, seven principles gift-giving, festivals, entertainment, all of that. We've been doing it all around. Up and down the East Coast, mainly, we've been doing celebrations. We did one in Jamaica um, one time. But up and down the East Coast, people are celebrating all over the world. And so this book really outlines, it's three books in one. It talks about the state of Black relationships as seen through teenagers in the first part, because they're next to become adults. And even though they love their parents, they don't believe that their parents know anything about relationships because they can't manifest them. The second part of the book looks at um, a coma day next to Valentine's Day, why we created it, what's the signs and symbols, and why Valentine's Day is crazy for any Black people. The third part of this book has over 28 exercises, like the word purge and the word cultivation, where we take out words like Fall in love or different romantic and other things we should stop saying. And then those are word purge and word cultivation. But you could do the exercises if you're single, couple, family with your children. And so we have a whole line now. Um, We're building day kits, we have greeting cards, t shirts. It's just a whole um, for children. All the way up to elders. So um uh, holiday is a seven-day holiday about the art and science of black love culture that puts the, the symbol back in its proper cultural context. All right, Marcia, you have one more
0: question? No. Okay. <laughs> um so listen, right? In, in in wrapping up, right? I got one more question, and that question is um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do therapy, I do counseling for other couples, right? Mm -hmm. What if y'all have issues? Who can y'all go to? That's a great question.
1: Uh, I think that we have looked at, you know, who have taught us, whether that was Queen of and Baba Haru when they were together, or Dr. Africa and, you know, Dr. Stevenson. We've looked for people that um have made an impact on us and again that we have wanted to model for whatever reason (laughs) as people that really can help us and anyone who is ahead of us in marriage they could be our age right maybe even if they've gotten married younger than us if they've been together longer than we have it's more of their of a relationship than we have and that's who we're really looking to model I also think that one of the reasons why we even started Black Love School is to make sure that we have a community of couples where we can go back and forth. So we're definitely, you know, leaving in many ways, setting the tone for the classes about things that we have found really useful, but in teaching it and working with other people and seeing all of the different kinds of couples that we we um, contact with, it helps us have that fellowship and community. That, and that also makes you feel like you're not alone. Because a lot of times in a relationship, you swear whatever problem you're having, you know, you're know, the only one having it. Or the only one having it in that way, right? And we need to be able to see that relationships are unique because the two people are unique. You'll never be duplicated. You have a unique heart, print, footprint, fingerprint on the earth. But there are common things that every person is going through. And common things that every couple is going through. And I think we know that if we're looking at a little girl and anticipating what she's gonna go through as a woman, or if we're looking at a you know a boy and we're anticipating what he's gonna go through, there are things that you can tell someone about coming into womanhood, even though that looks different for every single person. And coming into manhood. And I think we have to think the same thing happens when we couple up and we are, you know, coming into commitment or coming into marriage, coming into relationship, there are certain things, it's like a toolbox. You know, if you have a couple of tools, would you rather have two (laughs) tools or do you want 20? You know, like that um, expression, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and you're just, We really have to have some um, range in in our life. And I think that that's what we look for, whether it's books, Experiences, couples model. We look for the truth that is going to help us develop as an individual and then help us develop as a, a unit, as a people.
2: And in 21 years together, we have been the counseling. Let's make that yeah, clear. that's true. Um, like I, official,
1: I, pay somebody by the hour, counseling.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we've been therapists, really, our whole relationship, I was on a call with 11 therapists or 12 therapists, and out of all 12 of them, 10 of them talked about being in counseling themselves. So a lot of times people don't understand that this is an art and a science. Just because you are a barber, most barbers don't cut their own hair. Some do. Just because you are um, a chef don't mean you don't go out to eat. Just because you're a therapist doesn't mean that you don't go to therapists. Most of the therapists that I know actually seek counsel. Our niche and our thing that we think we're definitely probably the first in the West to do fully. I know there's many like uh, Jwanja and Kujufu and, and Naeem Akbar and many others that came before us as an individual, but as a couple unit, I think we're one of the first to bring culturally-based counseling that really, we have those degrees. We both have master's degrees with a focus in counseling, but we're really bringing, we've also been initiated into various systems. Um, the Nation of God's nurse, the Nation of Islam, the Khmetic, um, okay, uh Dagara, uh, uh, Dogon, um, Batswana, and now even Nawasha is doing some E5 training. So we've been getting initiations on an each one teach one for multiple years before the Google, Facebook, you know what I mean, I can look something up. You don't really learn like that. You, you actually learn from a master teacher. If you're going to become a master I to say immodestly that we are. We have to be taught by grandmasters. We got over 20 years in the game. The people who taught us got over 40 years in the game, and so you know we go through every challenge that every other couple of goes through. We had a blended family when we came together. I had three children. We dealt with long-distance relationship. We really challenges, everything that everybody else deals with. Um, we deal with so. We're not sitting here trying to act like we're on some mountain that other people ain't on. We're right in the trenches with everybody else. We love our people and we're just trying to, you know. My wife says that relationships is the one area of life, one sphere of life. It's the most important sphere. Everybody wants to be great at it, but they don't get no training. They don't get no counseling. They just think, I'm going to be great because I'm different in my heart. I can fix it if I'm a man or if I'm a woman. I'm special. And I deserve something. But you don't have no training, no education, no support system. And you just, you're gonna jump out here and do things great. You're gonna get a great awakening. We are never gonna rise as a nation if we don't get these families together. And I'm telling you, as a therapist, my youngest client is four years old. My oldest client is 67 years old, right? You got and a client goes, that's four years old? Yeah, I had, he just turned five. A little Latino boy, yeah, 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 and he's dealing with family trauma. Okay, I have to, I
3: have to um break up the conversation for a minute because Raheem knows I can get up at five. Oh yeah, 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 my, I'm wait, sorry, hold on, yeah. I'm sorry. my bedtime is nine o'clock. I can't even keep my eyes open no more.
2: So, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, know, so I'm, I'm just. Keep
3: five, I keep telling him we gotta be sick all the time because I'm dying right now. I ain't even
0: ate I- dinner yet. No, all I right, don't I'm don't sorry. Know. <laughs> you know what she told me last week, it really and I didn't. is, say, hey, it really you know is. what it really you know is. What? We're gonna have to I start, start it earlier. So we're gonna sorry. have to start it earlier. And I'm looking at her like, why she not saying? That? Why she ain't moving? She over there sleep.
2: I get it. I get
0: it. I get it. All right. All right. Just could could you just wrap it up? Let oh, everybody no. you know where they can get the I book at.
2: No, I'm done. I'm done.
0: You can go, Marcia. I'm just okay. gonna have them give the information where where people can find them at on social media.
3: Okay, love you, um, Marcia. I'm so happy to see you. Nice to meet
2: you, husband. Yes, yes, yes. Good to meet you.
0: Okay. All
2: right. right. All right. So um, where, where
0: where
2: where can um people get the book at? Um, you can get the book from our website if you go there. Um, that's probably the easiest. Now, I should put it in the chat. Yeah,
1: I put it in the private chat. If you uh,
2: okay, okay. But
0: for for people that's on, because this is streaming like on three different channels. Okay. So,
1: akomahouseinitiative dot com. So it's a k o m a h o u s e i n i t i a t i v e. So akomahouseinitiative dot com. You can find the book. You can find the pocket rituals. You can find Black Love School. And if you want individual coaching, you can find that too. So we also just work with people who are, you know, looking for a tailor-made strategy, soulmate strategy. So if you know you want to work with us for a couple sessions to a season, you can also find that information there.
0: All right. I definitely appreciate y'all. This is a conversation that I know the universal family need, because so I'm, I'm like this, there, there's so much that's going on. And as, as you know, with, with COVID-19 mm-hmm. domestic violence went through the roof, through the roof. yeah. to deal with one another. And well, I that. think that if we had more um, courses and, and people like, like y'all that can, Counsel and guide people in their relationship. That we will all be in a better place. Um, how could any of this work though during COVID? Like, 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 how could p- people practice oh. a coma day during COVID? Is there a way
2: to do oh, that? We, we have a we have a, a twenty. We have a celebration coming up. The flyer is circulating. We'll send it to you. It's virtual. We got performers. We got. Um, like 10 couples rocking with us. We got all kind of different things that we're going to be sharing each day. We're going live at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m., four times every day over a seven-day okay. period to show you. Some of it will be videos of where we've done a coma Day's other places, and you will see every year we have a Ron cipher. We have fashion shows. We have different things that accommodate. That. It's a community celebration. So we want to we make the um, celebration real. But, um, th- you know, everything has gone virtual now. Like we're talking to you right now. Um, as a therapist, I see um, so many firms now are moving to national service and international service. We've been international since we started. But, yeah. you know, the same way you're doing um, conversation with us right now, you do a therapy yeah. like that. Um, so you can get on Zoom in your privacy of your home, you're on the phone or you're with your therapist. So that's a big thing now. You got so many companies out there that are doing that. Um, most of them, the black therapists on the rise, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. The problem is, many of them are just painting Santa Claus black. They're giving you a chocolate covered white consciousness um, around. Um, psychology and psychiatry. you know, um, my sister is a psychologist in Atlanta, and we talk about that like this is this is our stuff. The, the The word psych comes from the Sahu, the transmigration of the soul that the Greeks call psych, the goddess psych, that then became psychology and psychiatry. This is our stuff. This is not what yeah. we're doing what Mansho and Nawasha is doing, is we're taking you back to autochthonous or indigenous, or as we used to say on the Northeast, original man culture. This is not yeah. taking Sigmund Freud and trying to paint it black. We're, we're not doing that. We're, we're telling you what your ancient, ancient ancestors have done to create harmony between the sun, moon, and star before it was any, when the whole planet was black. You know what I mean? We This stuff ain't new. We This is just one part of culture that we need to relearn, and, and and I would say that it's one of the most important parts because back in the day, Rahim, when we came up, your, 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 the proof of your consciousness was how much information you you knew. Did you know the, um, today's mathematics? Today's yeah, mathematics, you That's right, right. right? But now we're measuring our consciousness by those same th- um, three things, or I would say four that honorable um, Elijah Muhammad talked about. Are your families intact and are they healthy? Do you see your children, even if you don't live with them, do you have peace between their mother or father? Are you physically healthy or are you being taken out by designer diseases, okay? Um, Do you have control of your uh, uh, economic resources and do you understand the science of warfare, whether it's advancing or protecting self-defense? These are the four ways now that we measure and if you're conscious. If you can do these things at a certain level of proficiency, you're conscious. If you cannot, it don't matter what degrees you know. It don't matter what lessons you got. It don't matter if you're more Hebrew, whatever, whatever you call yourself, Muslim, um, RBG, Black Panther, none of that matters if you can't produce those four things in your immediate reality and help the people that you love um, replicate your greatness. So this is where we at, and this is what we on, and this is what we giving our lives up to. So you know, come rock with us if you want to learn more.
0: So that's right, black family. Make sure y'all go out, man. Support the brothers and sisters, and listen. Y'all definitely got to come back on. And I am sorry she had to leave. Usually we rock. But we pulling up on, on almost the two hour mark, but usually yeah. we just do it for like an hour, hour 20 minutes. We appreciate a little bit that. but that just goes to show you, you know, in conversation, time flies. You know, when a whole lot of Jews, someone said, Yo, Nawash is dropping a lot of Jews today. Yeah. <laughs> they
2: said uh, Yoda Gems, <laughs> Nawash is Yoda over here. They, yeah. in the
0: comments, they definitely giving it up, and we're gonna do this again. I want to say peace and Black Power family. And um, we we we'll meet again. Okay,
1: You're having us. All
0: right, peace.